Well, good morning, <clears throat> and welcome to Enlightened Radio's Labor Beat Radio, uh, broadcasting on the uh, Enlightened Radio Network, of course, um, www.enlightenedradio.org. Always, uh, well, almost always. <laughs> yeah, we have to, uh, you know, be measured in our. <clears throat> uh, exclamations these days I mean it's going to be misinterpreted anyway but you might as well uh, you know leave some air on the at the ceiling and, the, <laughs> and some concrete at the floor um, if you can that's <clears throat> uh, a phrase that uh, I borrowed from somebody but I can't remember who um, It'll, it'll come to me. Uh, today's show is going to be absent at least one of its uh, regular participants, J.B. Christensen, uh, because he's uh, on his way to the um, annual legislative conference that the AFL-CIO in West Virginia um, holds. And um, it does so uh, in concert with the... Uh, kind of the middle, I guess, we're in now of the West Virginia legislative session. Um, West Virginia legislature only meets for uh, a few weeks each year. <clears throat> and unless it it can go into special sessions that are convened later as, as well. Um, but uh, it's supposed to conclude its business and budget, um, you know, within a couple of months here, <clears throat> a reasonably short time. And so the legislators, of course, are part-time. Um, they, they serve only for, well, I suppose they serve all year long, um, but they are in session only for you know, part of that time. Um, <clears throat> and so, well, in the intervening time, I suppose they just deliver messages back and forth between the governor <laughs> and the rest of the population or the towns and county governments that the legislators also um, help serve. Uh, <clears throat> so um, anyway, for that reason, JB is not going to be here. He's on his way down, but hopefully he's going to be picking up lots of good news for our show next week. <clears throat> and, uh, We'll look forward to that. Scott, I don't know whether he's coming in or not. I had originally canceled the program here because I thought I was going to be traveling down to uh, Charleston and the legislative conference with uh, JB and our good friend Danny Lutz. But <clears throat> um, for various reasons, that has not happened. And uh, so we're broadcasting. And I thought I would start out today with a um, discussion of the uh, $9,800 uh, price tag on a Super Bowl seat. And before our session is over here, I'm going to see if I can get uh, um, my good friend uh, uh, Mike Diesel to come in and, and kind of enlighten us about whether that's a, a good deal or a bad deal um, for this year's Super Bowl, which is looks like it's going to uh, match up the Kansas City Chiefs, one of whose players, a tight end, is apparently dating Taylor Swift. And this has, in itself, helped to uh, boost the... Um, National Football League's uh, bankroll uh, considerably. I guess that uh, uh, four or or five million additional users tuned in to the <coughs> uh, conference games because uh, they expected there to be a photo of, of Taylor, uh, and so she has a lot, of, a lot of fans. Um, Anyway, that was who apparently have no interest in football other than, you know, 
she's dating a football player and maybe that would be cool <laughs> uh, whatever anyway so uh, uh, well good uh, on the other hand the other um, matchup in the Super Bowl is the San Francisco 49ers um, <clears throat> and this will be the well, they expected they had, I guess the TV shows got uh, almost 50 million viewers in the conference games last weekend, and they're expecting upwards of over 100 million. Um, and God help us if Taylor Swift shows up at, you know, anywhere. <laughs> could go to 110 million who knows anyway um that's that's the uh, current state of affairs ninety eight hundred dollars for a seat at the spectacle um not i believe that that's beyond the budgets of i'm gonna guess 75 percent of the population I'm thinking. Anyway, oh, here, oh, here comes Scott, you know. Um, <laughs> and I, 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 I want to get Scott's intake on this, too, since he's tuned in now. Uh, Sorry, Scott, I was late. <laughs> oh, That's okay, buddy. I, I, but I had just begun. Uh, I'd done the intro, and, and also the, the fact that JB is on his way to the legislative conference, and I am not for other personal oh. reasons. Uh, but I was, I was taking note first of the price tag of a, uh, the current market price tag of a seat at the, uh, Super Bowl, $9,800. Um, and the fact that, and I also, you know, decided to, uh, repeat an observation that was, mentioned on Bloomberg yesterday and today. And that was, is that uh, uh, whoever hosted the uh, games, you know, the NFL took in an, an extra 5 million viewers, they think, because they thought the viewers thought Taylor Swift might be photographed at um, somewhere in the, I guess, the Chiefs conference game because she's alleged to be dating a player who's a tight end right. on that team, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Anyway, and so whoever hosted it had 50 million viewers. Jeez. And they're anticipating over 100 million viewers for the Super Bowl. And if Taylor Swift makes an appearance at the Super Bowl, it could go to 110 or 20. And um, um, $9,800 a seat. That's, you know, a rough, it's rounded off to $10,000. And um, <clears throat> that's above, I, I was guessing that's out of reach for, I'm guessing 75, maybe 80% of the population. At least, I mean, you're right. I mean, I, I could be, I could be lowballing it, you know. And um, it's just, uh, it's something to behold, you know. We're and we're now, according to all the Wall Street analysts, in possibly a roaring twenties <laughs> scenario on Wall Street. The only thing that's making any money is the seven biggest tech corp companies. Yeah. And they're making huge sums because in their sectors, they have, they have monopoly type power, you know, in some areas. Absolutely. And it's a characteristic of, of companies based on intangibles that it's very difficult to parse up the properties of ideas. It's not easy to do. It's very messy, and you can. It's all it is. It's just a gigantic nest of lawyers. Yeah, 
you know, uh, about intellectual property, making ideas property. I mean, there's, I, I suppose there's no way out of it under capitalism. You know, there's no way they can not try to do that. On the other hand, it, it doesn't work very good, <laughs> really, except it tends to concentrate. Isn't that interesting? It doesn't work very good as a commodity, but you know, you wouldn't want to, you know, walk up to your bank and say, I'd like to borrow a billion dollars. Well, what do you have as collateral? Well, I have this big pile of computer code here you can hold on to. <laughs> <laughs> <You know. laughs> you know, it's all based on expectations, the market, what people are, going to actually use services that they might actually use based on all this yeah. whatever code, you know, so. Insane. Anyway, and yet, uh, there you go. They got uh, immense power. Just uh, staggering. 30% of the S&P 500 is made up of the value of seven stocks. Well, <laughs> what about the other 460 corporations? Yeah. Uh, um, or 400 and, excuse me, 94. 494. <laughs> well, I just, uh, and the, you know, uh, back, back to the football thing, um, I have to say, I played football in high school. I was a linebacker. And... I don't think anybody ever paid a penny to come see me. So I'm really disappointed. I should yeah. have stuck with it. I could have made some money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. It's just insane. It's well, just, you make money for... It's a crazy world. What, four or five years? I mean, I think my friend Mike told me that the like seven years was like the high end of most people in that. And you're going to come out with injuries. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and so really, yeah, you should front end. Well, actually, the smart move is actually to not front end all the money they give you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the smart move is to, so you're going to need it later, you know. So, um, but it's a, it's, it's, just tremendous and immense to me to and yes today for, i want to go back to the say about what what, what the country is investing in they're investing in high tech because they think ai is going to perform some miracle uh, right. in earnings and um so nothing else is getting much private money um even you know companies that are making quite a bit of money, like the pharmaceuticals and the big people that are making making money off of the healthcare industry, industry quote unquote, um, yeah. who normally are they're performing well as companies, but nobody's putting that much money into them. The government put all this money into uh, you know Moderna and Pfizer to get the vaccine uh, technology infrastructure, whatever, running. Um, but private money, not, not so much. It's all going one place because the rate of profit in industries and the rate of profit in um, commercials can't compete, you know. With these, some of these upper, I, I, and take finance. They can't compete with finance. And finance is basically gambling. Yeah. I mean, no one's, no, no money is being created, quote, quote, you're being traded. There's winners and there's losers, right? Okay. But, um, and maybe you're got inside info and so you get to be a winner. Um, but I mean, what value, you know, is actually being created in a casino. You know, I mean, you can say profits being made from production of something or actually giving somebody a service like healthcare service, I suppose that, that makes sense as you got actual value uh, that everyone could 
accept as value. But I mean, I don't know. You know. Well, I mean, even even um, the stock market. I mean, what is that? <laughs> That's a casino. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and so if most of the money is being made in these companies that are basically serve service companies and their product is mostly software. Um, yeah. Then you're in a different world. I don't, and, and the markets are not working correctly. And, 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 but one thing that hasn't changed is the size of these corporations and the fact that they're so entangled in global um, commerce and globalization yeah. means yeah. that, you're, you can't, and here you are, you're armed with the, your, what you think is your most successful strategy, which is let's dominate uh, commercially and militarily any possible obstacle, <laughs> right? <clears throat> and you have an infrastructure built in that's been doing that. Just solid, at least since World War II, if not before. And yeah. um, my God, look where it's at. Yeah, look where it's at. I mean, you think of you think of Elon Musk and his um, embrace of Trump and his embrace of fascism. I mean, that's where we're at. One yeah. of the most, the richest people on the planet, and. Well, I mean, the others are richer. You know, the other big ones, it's interesting, hate Trump. I mean, I think Musk is the only big one uh, besides Peter Thiel that really loves Trump. And I'm sure Musk right. loves Trump or himself more. I think that, I'm not quite sure. But like all the these billionaires, piece. they got their own thing going. Yeah. You know, I don't... And they're it's so big into the this imp the imperial strategy that, uh, and it's and it's clear what that strategy is. I mean, it's they're gonna the generals today, by the way, are out there in the op eds, you know, on the New York Times, on Bloomberg, they have a solution to the Iran problem. Yeah, and. Um, the right wingers in Congo, well, it's nuke, you know, Tehran or, you know, strike Tehran. And of course, this yeah. same guy, this former NATO chief, by the way, I can't remember his name right now. He's saying, well, I got a fix for the Ukraine and Russia situation, too. Mm. And I, it's not any different than what, you know, the Clinton one was, is you're going you're, you're gonna to basically use NATO to encroach upon all the former Soviet republics and eventually overthrow the Russian government. That's, that's the plan. I mean, that's been the plan from beginning. <laughs> and, you know, oh, uh, Putin will collapse. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the whole country will collapse, right? You know, just, you know, so that you can uh, bring... Um, the Republican Party, you know, and democracy to Russia or wherever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I, I just well, and, and then you know, back, back, back to Musk, the racism. I mean, he yeah. said that the replacement theory is exactly right, and and what does that do to the world? Right, I'm sorry. It's, it has to be white, or I just can't live here. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, good. And, and he's a South African, right? He doesn't. He, his family South African. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And um, well, well, I was thinking outer space. Well, raised apartheid, grew up apartheid. You know, but up, but up, but up, and. Um, I don't know. I we're, we're doing that. but now the labor movement let's get on, on a second, <clears throat> has built up considerable pressure on the uh, ceasefire question. Yep. 
And yet, yes, I, I, I believe that the, uh, this is what's interesting to me, Scott, and I think it was having an, it's ha it, it is and has been having an impact. You can see the half steps, you can see the uh, Biden, his phrasing has, has been, you know, a little liquid <laughs> on this. You know, he's obviously not happy with Netanyahu, but uh, but there's this, it's like he's in this current, right, that yeah. is headed in a certain direction, and him and everybody around him, uh, apparently. Uh, so, um, you know, this the death of of three soldiers um in jordan or on in syria i can't tell where they really were and it's very weird they thought there was an incoming drone what was that a drone they'd sent to shoot somebody else and but instead it was an incoming enemy drone of some sort and um but three soldiers are now dead blood has flowed yeah and the generals are Writing op-eds that that's their their turn to fix it. You know, we've been here before, right? Yes, we have, and it hasn't led to good places. No, nope. it's just yeah. I, I was hearing all the discussion on the networks today and, and this morning, and it's just. You know, I mean, a, a lot of people recognize exactly what the danger is, but yeah, it's I, like I mean, uh, there's this undertow, you know, uh, that it, it has to be. I don't have any other way to explain it, and I know it sounds left wing to a lot of people, and it is. I mean, but it seems like this this undertow from all this economic and military and political imperialism since after World War II, it was, everything was for the taking for U.S. companies and the U.S. government, but anything that gets in the way will take care of it, you know. And, um, you know, that has led to this situation where, you know, you how do you tell the State Department to not, to abandon, or the Defense Department to abandon these or find some alternative to these domination uh, strategies that are just like, right. and, and and all these guys. I mean, the, the fact that it's not that it's tied to corporate interests has, has never been a real secret to anybody you know that works in the government. You know, <laughs> I mean, look at where, where did the secretaries of state come from for twenty five years? From, from the, the Rockefeller yeah, interests. Exactly. You know, come on. They're the ones that signed all these deals that, you know, deployed Israel or Israeli policy in the way that it has and made it fit into the a political scene in the United States, too. That's right. You know, they put a lot of thought into it, clearly, you know, lifetimes. And now it can't back up. And it really needs to. It actually needs to. Uh None of these companies are going to die if they have to deal on collaborative terms with these other countries who, you know, they keep wanting to try to, uh, you know, set all the terms. I mean, there's no, no, no space, you know, it has to be world war. You know, someone has to actually win the whole thing. Um, or what, you know, you, I mean, you, you, if you don't win, the other side will. Uh, it gets to be pretty. Um, but let's let's confess that for most of human history, that is the way it is. I thought we well, were join, joining you know, the movement to try and fix that, Scott. You know, I was yeah. supposed to well, be in. It. I always. Um, you know me, I'm always looking for the good side. I'm uh, glad. I need it today. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was listening to, to those generals this morning. It just blew Sean, my mind. Sorry. Well, Sean Fain was just on TV this morning, too. 
And uh, the way he's talking about these things is completely different. That's right. And he's, uh, you know, he, he represents a huge trend um, that's going on with with not just labor, but with all kinds of organizations. I mean, you know, the demonstrations against what's happening in Gaza. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, it bigger. scares them so much that they're... Yeah, they're going to start. Yeah, look, look at look, look at Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi just oh, they're all Russian agents that are protesting against Israel. Uh, you know, we've been we we've heard that we've been there before too, right, Scott? <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> yes, we have. I mean, so. Well, if, you know, I mean, the whole thing is this is a call to action for people who care about this stuff. And we got to get, uh, you know, I, I know my union, um, we're already training people to, to work in the elections and to get out and door knock. And local unions are holding workshops on how teaching people, you know, how to how to how to door knock and how to how to get out the vote and and to registers as um you know um um independence or whatever yeah yeah i mean i'm not sure that in some states i I would say in west virginia the key is really right at this point to uh put together independent campaign that's credible um right I, i think because right now um Something about the Democratic Party's, uh, you know, liberal elite. All right. I'll just call it whatever it is. It's the money part of the Democratic Party. Let's put it that way. Something about it um, has been, there's, there's some, something about the right wing attack on it that struck a chord. And it's not, it's, it's part racism, yeah. but it's, it's not just that. And um, and you just don't get anyone to defend it in this around here and the working class around here. You, they don't, you know, you want to defend Hillary Clinton, for example, and that nobody feels real comfortable doing it. And it's weird a little bit to me because I don't think that reaction was the same in more urban other areas and stuff where I don't think she had the same aversion. But but here. A Bernie collaborator in the state, mm-hmm. you know, in the primary, remember? Um, he just yeah, yeah. T- he took it, and so he's there was a class kind of thing going on um, that you know I don't think anybody was able to get their finger on, you know, in a way. But right now, you see in the numbers the declining registrations in either party uh, are that are bigger. Oh, but the independents are now bigger than either Republicans or Democrats in West Virginia registration. And that's true in many states across the country. Mm. How they're voting is, I mean, they're usually voting one way or the other, right? You know, but um, and at least in the big elections. But you can see that there's, um, there's a big space there of people that don't, don't want to affiliate there interesting Mm. to me and that can be dangerous well it can also be an opportunity uh i think i think i think if our we had a discussion at the council i think two sessions ago and i was talking with a little bit with it with the secretary treasurer who's been a pretty good to us up here (laughs) you know he likes us for some reason anyway and um uh about Focusing, uh, how can we find a way to focus on uh, if we were going to run an independent campaign? For example, you know, we keep hearing and run the state that, you know, if you run as a Democrat, the tag is just going to kill you. You're not going to win, period. It's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay, you run as an independent, you know, well, what does that mean? Okay, all of a sudden, you know, you got a lot of, uh, you, are you going to run on a single issue uh, or just a union issue? Well, that's probably not going to work right and um you know so this business of how you would 
how you would do that. And I always was arguing that, you know, it, it would be a lot easier if you tried to do that first on a county or local or town level. Um, and just because, you know, you have the issue of trust. Uh, how do you trust? I mean, why are people disaffiliating? Because they've been told or they believe they can't trust, you know, someone, whoever their representative there is doing, is doing it on their own interest. They're making money out of it. Some, someone's paying them, okay? And, uh, but on a local level, it is possible for people to know who you are by reputation. That's possible right. to establish. Um, and, um, it, you know, and if you're constructive um, and you're honest um, in, in that sense, and so people can, it, 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 it can work. I think we, we see this work actually in organizing campaigns and labor. Um, you know why you could never organize a shop based on leaflets uh, ever. You know, I well, maybe in a big wave. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In a big wave, yes, you can just wave your hand. Yeah. Everybody walks out. <laughs> but, but ordinarily, no. You got You you have to develop, You have to meet people. You know. You have to have relationships with people. And all the best organizers in our union were the people, usually women, actually, that were the. Frankly, we're the best at um, drawing people out and establishing trust. Um, you know, one to one to one to one to one to one like that, and and you can do that in a concentrated space or in a town or in a district like that. You can build that trust, and if you and that's reputation. Now, you know, the problem is, you know, getting people to, uh, you know. In order to win that way, you have to have organization that's going to take the place of money. And well, you know, in, the, in that example, talking about West Virginia, one of the things about running people for independent uh, positions, which I'm all for. I mean, I think that uh, even in Illinois, I'm not talking about running an independent candidate for president, but running independent right. candidates for. Yeah. Right. For uh, city council, for all kinds of things, it's really, really good move, and it can really bring the labor movement straight into the political um, fights uh, extremely well. And the thing that people need to remember is that you know I, I'm sure this is true in West Virginia. If you run as an independent um, for something, that doesn't mean that when you walk into the voting booths, if you see a huge danger that Trump is going to win, that you can't vote for Biden. Right. Um, Take, and that, it, as an know, analogy I mean, on the, yeah, right, right. That's what, uh, I think that's what Joe's going to do. And I, I think, huh? I think that's what Joe Manchin's going to do. Either that or he's going to try to oh, invent oh. a new Republican Party. Have you heard that one? <laughs> Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Michael mm -hmm. Bloomberg wants a new Republican Party. But he, he, this one well, has to die first. That apparently. might be good because they can split the Republican Party. Well, yes. I mean, I, well, we need to have those guys, you know, disassemble somehow. Yeah. <clears throat> but I don't know. Um, the impending crisis, you know, the, I, I'm not. An expert, but I mean, if you look at the American history, yeah, I guess between American history, European history, and Russian history, you know, I, I, I keep thinking that it tends to be true that if you have a regime in place that's like structurally unable to deal with any further progress, I mean, like the Confederacy, okay, um, or what became the Confederacy in the South. Right. Uh, and then it can't back up, and what happens is the what, what were they called? The fire breathers take over the political scene. Remember those those guys, John right. J P Calhoun, yeah. and uh, yeah. you know these guys start uh, 
you know, talking rebellion five to eight years before the actual, you know, guns are fired. And, and you saw that also, like, you know, looking in Russia after the right, when people are retreating from World War One, the soldiers got no shoes, no bullets, <laughs> you know, and the garrison's full of arrested revolutionaries, okay? And, uh, you know, and, the, and yet, at the same time, the czar can't get out of any of those treaties, can't get out of any of them, you know? Right. Everything's tied up. He's doomed. Yeah. And uh, really, I mean, there was nothing he could do. You yeah. know, no reform would have, it was, it was the end of the road. And, um, you know, I'm wondering about the monopoly regime in the U.S., whether we're uh, headed to the end of the road here. Uh, which, which it doesn't look like it's going to be pretty. <laughs> For sure. As I love. But that's for sure. But the people. Who... You know, I don't know if I told you this before or not, but when Trump was president and he was threatening to call out the National Guard, I can't even remember what it was for, but it was to do something awful. Seattle? And, Portland, uh, Portland, huh? Portland, Portland, uh, Portland Oregon. Yeah. Yes, yes, you're right. And so, uh, so I, I told Bobby, I said, you know, if he calls out the National Guard, I'm in the trenches. And she started laughing. I said, what are you laughing about? She said, how are you going to get out? <laughs> you're too old to climb back out. <laughs> yeah, how are you going to get out? Right, exactly. But, I know. I, hey, hey, I, hey. hey. I'll be a decoy. That's okay. Shoot me. Yeah. Uh, this, this, Don't pay attention to those guys over there. Yeah. I know. It's, it's just. Know. <laughs> it's strike fever. That's what it is. You know, everybody's getting a little bolder yeah. since uh, the summer. That's why Sean Fain is so, so cool. I see that Trump started calling him all kinds of names. That was great, you know. Yeah, yeah, that, that's good. <laughs> you, keep it up, Trump. <laughs> yeah, right. Get his, help get his name out there more. <laughs> I know, right? Um, it's, and he, you know, it's it, it's it's not just that you know he. He led this strike and he's friends with Biden or whatever. But if you look at the things he says, he he's really grounded in the working class and he I believes think, in the working class. He does. And he, uh, it, it, it's not just the unions for him. Oh, it's, and he's been reading books, too. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I can tell. Uh, good books. <laughs> Well, you know, there's. A, by the way, you know, I, we should. I should mention this, and this is an interesting labor story. There's a there's a blog. Um, it's an economics blog, but it and it's kind of. They don't call themselves socialists, so to speak, but they have what they call a anti-capitalist, naked capitalism, is the name of their blog. And what it is is it's a group. Of left-wing bankers, <laughs> and um, they write this. That uh, they're good. They're they're actually they know their stuff on uh, financial uh, stuff. They they do, mm -hmm. um, and they're smart. And there and there's some that are in the UK and some that are in the on Wall Street in the US, and but but they have an anti-monopoly. Uh, platform you know really you know they're um they're very much into this lawsuit that uh, was trying to separate jet blue from spirit you know mm. um and they they're also that the 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 uh attempt by the government to sue google apple microsoft no i think they're going after google first um over copyright violations um, mm. and 
the the only settlement of which ultimately can be is that Google will probably pay uh, into some fund, okay, that copyright claims can be mediated or whatever, or somebody gets a cash check or some sort. And uh, but I I'm pretty sure that uh, access to the private so-called alleged probably private data um, won't be denied because the AI engines have to have yeah. it. They don't work unless you have the scale. And if they have the scale, they can probably perform miracles. So I don't think just, I, I think that it's like, you know, this is an example of how materialism, this is my opinion, Scott, is how the material forces of production, you know, as they, as they change over time, you know, like whether it's steam or mass production, right, or the com right. introduction of right. computers, right. or now this AI, uh, you know, universe of things. And uh, each time, uh, all the relationships of people that are all the things that people do uh, are, you know, re reproduced in a totally new forms. Well, subst changed, yeah. <laughs> substantially yeah. changed forms, right? Yeah. You yes. know, and how dramatic it affects how they educate themselves to adapt to, you know, new stuff, right? Or learn new sciences or learn new, new whatevers or new arts or, uh, you know, oh, I have this... Okay, I can uh, set up a direct care facility that during an hour during the day, I will be treating one million people who, are, who previously had no health care whatsoever. Yep. That's already beginning to happen. An hour. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm, well, obviously, many millions of hours to put together yeah, this shit right. to make it so you could do that. <laughs> but... <clears throat> but you know, but, but you see all this online stuff like that. It's already there. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like this, 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 the, the, the so-called what do they call it, the material socialization of labor, uh, all the work. Like, how many people does it take to make a, a, an iPhone? Way over yeah. a million. It's yeah. way over a million to make a single iPhone. Uh, so I mean, you got, and they're all over the world. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's just. I'm wishing we could. Um, I also think that the, the the way the AFL-CIO is positioning itself with respect to the immigration question is really important. Um, yeah. And because that, you know, 40 years ago, that was complicated. Yeah. That was a problem. Some unions were good. Some were terrible. I mean, just I mean, it didn't. You know, it was. Uh, that's probably, I'm not, I shouldn't say that's completely gone. But on, on the other hand, I think uh, uh, the leadership and the center of gravity and the labor movement has seen that, that, that you know, internationalism in, in, in a real sense has to be embraced, okay, uh, to get solidarity. Yeah. You, you just, there's no out to that, I don't think. Um, yeah. And to embrace it, you know, I the the potential alliances and power uh, as a guide to what's good and bad politics, even in a in a in a in a you know, if you're having debates about you know these hot button issues uh, across the thing, you know, if 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 you stop for a minute and say, well, you know, for example, there's. Uh, Five different nationalities or racial groupings or immigrant communities in this neighbor city or whatever, you know, what, you know, what would be the positions, what would be the interests that would unite those, all those or, or important forces and all those for, uh, working class forces and all those um, groups and groupings and, well, to me, I mean, now you got something pretty rich. Well, you know, just just got just on that topic, and I, I know labor people listening to this show should know this: that uh, one of the incredible 
global organizations in labor now is called Industrial. And if you, um, I'm sure if you Google it or go online, you can find Industrial. And Industrial, and the Steelworkers is a proud member of Industrial, and they uh, represent, they are affiliated with unions all over the world. And they come together on all kinds of projects already. Um, and they, you know, they uh, share ideas and resources. And if you look at the, they have a, they have the industrial has a newsletter um, um, that you can subscribe to. And if you look at the things that they, uh, the articles that are in there of the things where Co-op, global labor cooperations is coming together. It's incredible stuff. And it's going to, um, again, you know, the steelworkers have embraced it. And they, you know, they when, when steelworkers in, you know, somewhere way overseas uh, get into a fight, then the U.S. steelworkers get involved too. Right. And I, I just think that's a incredible step forward. And I think people should, should, uh, subscribe to it and look at it because it just it the point you're making it just brings it out in full force. By the way, do you, who do you know? It's really that, important. Who do you know that's really up to date and active on because the current dispute about the immigration uh, concession that Biden's getting ready to make or says he's getting ready to make to Trump essentially. Uh, on the um, so-called immigration crisis uh, in order so he can have all the money to do Ukraine and Israel and the Middle East. Um, I don't actually know the details of what he's thinking about conceding there and what impact it actually has on immigrant communities in especially in texas where abbott is acting like uh somebody that should be uh, restrained you mean like hitler well deposed restrained assigned a cell in a yes you know room that's where he can't hurt himself right <laughs> what can i say <laughs> i'm just I mean, I'm not sure he needs to be on the internet either. Uh, so, um, yeah, really. but, well, not, but I, one one union that might have a lot of uh, thought and information about that kind of stuff is the uh, Farm Workers Union. Yes, in they California, right. California, because they have made this an issue for years, and uh, they have you know championed. Um, rights for immigrant workers and the and the uh, you know the citizenship thing and all of that, but they stay on top of these issues. And so yeah, because that's uh, people trying to find out more about it. Um, maybe you should uh, look up the farm. Yeah, yeah, let's see if we can United find something because that's going to be. Um, I think that's, that's coming up idea, right now yeah. as the as a key contest. Really, uh, it's an interesting. It's a pressure point. You know, if Biden uh, turns repressive on the border, more repressive than he is, well, that's going to piss off Mexico. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I, I think uh, the guy in Mexico has uh, driven up Mexican nationalism by his several orders of magnitude. Yep. Yeah, he's pretty popular amongst a lot of actually good people. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, what can I say? It's um, <clears throat> and I yeah. see that there's all these posts now about uh, questioning whether he's really not an authoritarian. I think that's <laughs> another word for socialist, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. Um, I like, yeah, that could be big. And it has a huge impact on, in the U.S. too, because you, now you're going to, we we you and I probably don't have control, 
probably. <laughs> Somebody mean probably. <laughs> we don't have control over what, you know, well, how many more Americans are about to die in a conflict um, that, you know, the undertow seems very strong um, as of just yesterday. You know, the minute you think you're starting to make progress, you know, okay, now three troops have died and revenge must be taken. Well, somebody, whoever devised that, is waiting for that friend. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Um, so, and, and, and there you are. And now you're, you know, you're, you're going to be stuck in the mud, you know, with more people being killed. Right. And the minute that happens, okay, you know, there's this you know, nationalism in the U.S., you know, that's we're famous for. And, um, and that's going to have a, a bad impact on uh, other communities, you know, and if the heat, and of course Trump, his plan is to, I think somehow he thinks he's gonna let Putin off the hook. I don't know what, Putin's got something on him. Yeah. I mean, that's been true from yeah. the beginning, isn't it? I mean, you're, yeah. you're Vladimir, here you imagine you're Vladimir Putin, okay? Now I used to watch the, uh, what do you call it, the uh, CBS, program there uh, and PBS interviews with Putin, which were going on all the way up till right before the Crimea thing took place. And, uh, you know, it was obvious that what he was doing, okay, really, it, there wasn't any guile to it at all, really. I mean, uh, he had put the back together the Russian state from being basically demobilized, okay, by uh, Jamie Dimon and friends, okay, and yeah. uh, and you know he wasn't gonna lose that military base in the Crimea, and you know he 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 built it up. He wasn't gonna. I, it was clear. It was, that was it was absolutely yeah. clear what was gonna happen with that, and um, so now you have the whole you know, foundation of NATO. And so I, I can't, so Trump must have seen, you know, he has an issue there. See that, there's an issue there. Um, why are we defending NATO, but they're not paying for it, except for the UK? They're paying yeah. for it. Nobody else is paying for it. Why are we doing that? And well, you and I know the answer to that because we've been trained. That's U.S. imperialism. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> but you know, it's an it's an interesting little uh, point, and uh, you know, maybe uh, what does Trump want? Does he want? Well, if we're going to pay for it, maybe we should own the whole thing. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. You know, yeah, or uh, or what? No. And uh, so all Putin does is flatter him. Yeah. You know, and then uh, spend some money, clearly, you know, to uh, do shit in the United States, right? And uh, see, because he hated Hillary. Because Hillary was, Bill and Hillary and Jamie Dimon and all those guys were the masterminds behind uh, taking apart the Soviet state and handing it over to the oligarchs, basically. By, I don't know whether they intended that, but that was the result. And, um, and, you know, and Putin, he had to kill one of them, I think. <laughs> the one in Britain. Yeah. <laughs> I think he did. You know, I think they got him I on that. And I, I think he did that. But he obviously got uh, told those guys, well, if you want to continue business, you're going to have to pay us too, pay the state too. And um, he got him in line somehow. Anyway, but he's not going to give up. No. And, you know, I mean... But it was interesting, in one of the early interviews, the question he asked uh, Oliver Stone, you know, who was interviewing him at the time, was, mm -hmm. why doesn't, he says, after the, at the end of the Cold War, at the end of when the Soviet Union collapsed, and, uh, uh, or whatever, and the whole question of uh, NATO came up and abolishing the Warsaw Pact, 
Why, I said, why, should, why can't we join NATO? And um, it took right. Oliver Stone back a little bit. <laughs> he really didn't know the answer to that. <laughs> Let's see, I can't really think of a good <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. I don't know, but how do you, it's so, it's, it'd be such an achievement if we could put together a, camp, uh, a, a, a sense of, that you could, you could have the U.S. military back up without having to be conquered by a foreign power. Yeah. You know? and tearing its own country to shreds, you know, over the divisions that maintaining the empire entails. Um, yeah. It would be a, a grand job to do. But, but I, I, again, I think the key for, the, for labor is to try to sink in where its roots are um, and Absolutely. expand power in communities where you know, public offices and, you know, getting involved in community welfare, so to speak, in the broader sense, uh, makes sense and you can share, cooperate with other people. But yeah. And again, fun. I think that's really happening. Yeah, I, I think, think that's, that's the path. Really the yeah. That's the path. Uh, no question about it. Whatever else happens. <laughs> You know, you know, <clears throat> a lot of surprises. I hear that the, uh, this is maybe a last note we can cover here. Uh, it looks like the auto is doing, automobiles are doing well right now, but not the electric cars. Right. And I see that uh, GM pulled back on its planned uh, electric truck. Thing. Right. And the real reason is prices. Well, it's two reasons. One's prices, and two is the the network of charging stations yep. is not uh, yeah. yet there. Um, yeah. And then there's there may be additional supply chain issues as as well. If the uh, because I, the Chinese have most of the lithium in the world apparently. Um, right. Right. Anyway. Well, cobalt um, solves the problem. It does? It's, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if it's China, but the the batteries need cobalt, too. Oh, uh, right. So you got, you know, these supply chain. And in the old days, we would have just uh, arranged for a coup d'etat and, you know, <laughs> set up a new police training program for that area. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, well, that is, you, that know, you have to maintain right. security. Come on. Um well, just just on that front, the, the the UAW made some pretty important gains in this contract in terms of building the electric vehicles in the South and stuff. Where um, now it's part of the, you know if if Ford were to build those trucks, um, they, in a, they would have to if they were doing it in Alabama, they'd have to include them in the master agreement. Right, and that's a big, it's an, it's an important deal. Because, I mean, keep in mind, even though we had a season of uh, strikes and a, a mobilization yeah. in the labor movement, who's, I mean, a lot of people in the country are protesting inequality of various kinds, and there's, you know, denied justice on many fronts. But the auto workers, the Teamsters, SAG, AFTRA, and quite a few others. They did something about it, and yeah. what they did about it, the message was clear: solidarity, 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 solidarity. Right. And uh, and even President Biden heard it, and that's good, you know. And that's why yeah. Sean Fain shook his hand because he heard it and showed up on a picket line. Uh, and you know, one of a, I think that's the first since Lincoln joined. Yeah. The Union picket line yeah. <laughs> outside of Richmond, okay? <laughs> if you want to look for a historical precedent. And um, although that's why we were all going to elect Bernie Sanders, because uh, Bernie was one yeah. of the first presidential candidates uh, since, uh, 
um, the guy that was in prison there in the 20s, was his name? Yeah. Um, to walk um, back in lines. No, um, you, you know, one of our heroes. Come on, Scott. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It'll come to us, you know, on the yeah. road. Anyway, yeah. that's enough. Probably time for us to sign up. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. All right, we'll be back next week and with a report from JB from uh, the West Virginia Legislative Conference um, and a little weather vane for what labor-battling, Republican-led, anti-labor crazies is really ha all about. You know, and, uh, you know, what that battle really looks like, okay, um, in 2024. By the way, this is leap year. You're going to have an extra day in yeah. uh, February <laughs> to accumulate wealth, okay? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, take care of each other, everybody. It's late, but everything comes next. Recording stopped.